0: to this life episode number 140. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Before we dive into today's episode I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU and I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs which are Naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils, and their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And you know, if you love the patches themselves, you're gonna love the bath bombs because essentially Okay, so today's episode is all about probiotics which are suitable for SIBO and endo related IBS. Now, of course, this is a huge topic, and there are like so many different probiotics out there, which can often just get confusing and overwhelming. So, with this podcast episode, my intention is for it to be succinct and easy to digest with a much smaller array of probiotics to start exploring on your initial steps to gut healing. So unfortunately, I think over the years, probiotics have been a little misunderstood. And of course, we're still learning so much about the gut microbiome, which is the good gut bugs found in our large intestine. So this area of research is still developing and yeah, there will be so much more that we learn in the future. But regardless of what we do or don't know now, what I, have observed is that we're often led to believe that we should just take a broad spectrum probiotic meaning you know it has lots of different strains in it and that we should take this if we have gut health issues and that will sort the problem out and that's what I thought was the case you know years ago before I did my training because that's kind of the general consensus right that's the general belief that we should have um a broad strain probiotic with as many different bacteria types as possible. But unfortunately that's not really always the case and for our community I would exercise caution when choosing probiotics and especially exercise caution with these broad strains. We know that many people with endo have IBS related symptoms and we now know that the majority of IBS is actually caused by SIBO which stands for small intestine bacterial overgrowth a condition where normal gut bacteria grow in the small intestine rather than in the large intestine where they belong. And the small intestine is designed for the majority of our nutrient absorption. It wasn't intended to house lots of bacteria. So this overgrowth damages the small intestine and our ability to absorb nutrients. But this bacteria also ferments our food, making gases that are harmful for us and cause symptoms like bloating, constipation, diarrhoea, Brain fog and abdominal pain. And that's just a few of the symptoms. And we also now have recent research showing that up to 80% of endo patients have SIBO. So, quite possibly, your IBS symptoms are largely down to SIBO. Now, there does need to be more research done into this connection, but it's certainly like with, I don't know, probably 80% of my clients have SIBO. So, if you'd like to understand why SIBO occurs so frequently in the endo population, I've linked to some of my podcasts and articles on the subject in the show notes so you can kind of do a bit more of a deep dive on on SIBO. Unfortunately when you have SIBO taking probiotics can often make the situation worse especially if you also have histamine intolerance which I've talked about multiple times on the show already and I've linked to a couple of episodes about this in the show notes if you'd like to learn more. But if you think about it, if we're adding bacteria to a small intestine full of bacteria already, we're just going to be adding more fuel to the fire because the small intestine is damaged in a way that is allowing bacteria to accumulate in the small intestine. So until we fix that problem, the bacteria is not gonna go where it needs to go in the large intestine. So when it comes to trying probiotics for SIBO, we have to proceed with caution. Some people with SIBO just can't tolerate probiotics at all at first. So in that case, their symptoms tend to get worse. But often with that situation, they've tried a couple of probiotics with lots of strains and that could be the problem. So instead, when it comes to SIBO clients or clients with very sensitive stomachs, we start with specific strains. So a probiotic with literally only one type of bacteria, and then we can build up over time. That way, if a person reacts badly to that probiotic, we know straight away that that particular strain is not well tolerated at this stage in time. So today, what I wanted to do was offer you free probiotic options, which have been researched for specific IBS symptoms that are often reported by endo patients, and are in most cases safe for SIBO and are also safe for histamine intolerance, which is very common with endo. If you do have SIBO, I want to state it's best to proceed with extra caution as everyone's tolerance is different and without knowing exactly what types of bacteria are overgrown in your small intestine specifically, we can't guarantee that we won't be adding to the load and potentially worsening symptoms. As always, what works for one person won't necessarily work for another. So it's very important that you tailor to your needs and approach this with an open mind. If these guys don't work for you it doesn't mean all other strains won't either i've only listed three to keep this simple but there are a couple of others that are safe for SIBO and histamine not money but a few so do some extra research if you find these aren't the right ones for you i also want to be clear that probiotics aren't a quick fix if there's an imbalance in the microbiome SIBO a parasite an infection an allergy or an intolerance we need to address those because otherwise we're just sort of pouring water into a bucket with a hole in the bottom. So whilst probiotics are part of the healing picture, they're supportive and they won't necessarily fix or treat the root cause if it's as extensive as a parasite or SIBO. And finally, please let your GP know when starting any new supplement regime. Okay, so number one is Lactobacillus plantarum 299V. Lactobacillus plantarum 299V is great for bloating and general IBS symptoms, so loose stools, pain, cramping, diarrhea, constipation, etc. And in one large study of 214 patients, 78.1% who took L-plantarum 299V rated their symptom improvement as good or excellent in comparison with just 8.1% of those who took a placebo. The study showed that L-plantarum was particularly effective for bloating and abdominal pain as well. Additionally, two meta-analyses, which are large reviews of all of the research and studies, have proved the effectiveness of lactobacillus strains on IBS symptoms, including diarrhoea and loose stools, if that's a problem for you. But generally, they've been shown in multiple studies to be effective for all IBS symptoms. If you're concerned about the reaction of L-Plantarum 299V on SIBO, L-Plantarum was also included in a multi-strain probiotic used to treat SIBO, which was found to be more effective than one of the most commonly used antibiotics for SIBO, called Metroniazole. In my training with world-leading SIBO doctors Dr. Alison Seebecker and Dr. Jacoby, they both recommend L-Plantarum 299V for symptomatic relief. But of course, naturally, they say to proceed with caution as they can't guarantee a patient won't react. I also just want to be clear here that if you want to try and treat SIBO with probiotics alone, it's not yet an industry standard. More research needs to be done and you would really need to work with a practitioner who could provide you with an exact strain protocol and take you through the treatment. But as it stands right now, antimicrobials, the elemental diet and antibiotics are the gold standard of SIBO treatment. And I don't know many practitioners who are attempting to use probiotics alone for SIBO. I know of one who's doing so for a very particular case, but other than that, I actually personally don't know any practitioners who are are doing this. So if you'd like to try l Plantarum 299V, Start low and increase gradually over time. Don't rush to a full dose, maybe stagger it over a couple of weeks. In my training with Dr. Narada Jacobi, she recommends taking l Planterum 299V at a dose of one capsule twice a day for SIBO-related IBS symptoms. I've linked to a few brands in the show notes. And of course, if you don't have SIBO, you can just follow the label dose. Now, some probiotics actually increase histamines in the gut, but L-plantarum 299V should be safe as it's been found to be histamine neutral. So it doesn't raise histamines and actually some strains of L-plantarum actually reduce histamines. I couldn't find any research on L-Plantarium 299V specifically for reducing histamines, but it does lower inflammation, it supports gut health, as we've discussed, and at the very least, it doesn't add to the histamine load. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop just head to the link in my show notes. This episode is sponsored by my new free download natural pain relief toolkit for endometriosis. This four-page guide includes herbal remedies and teas that are in your cupboards already, safe pain relieving supplements, essential oils for self-massage, and much more. There's a method for everyone, whatever your taste and your budget. Some of the options literally range from 40p to 10 pounds. So there is a range of things to support you. And the chances are that you're going to have some of these in your house already. So I'm hoping that this is a really accessible toolkit for you to get started. You know how I work. I like to make changes from our foundations of health. You know, nutrition, lifestyle. It's not about slapping on a load of like pain relief and supplements um, and kind of masking the symptoms. But sometimes we need a bit of help to get out the pain, so we can actually begin to make some changes and feel better. And these are the strategies that I use with my clients when they're stuck in the in a rut. They don't have the energy. Um, and they're having too much pain to actually be able to take the first step forward. So we just want to ease those symptoms, get them out of pain, so we can begin this coaching journey together. So I'm hoping that if you're at this moment struggling to see the woods for the trees and get through some of your current pain, that these methods are going to help you. To get your copy, go to the link in my show notes, or just go directly to my website, and the link is on the homepage. So number two is Saccharomyces boulardii. This is actually a yeast rather than a bacteria. It's not a bad yeast, you know, quote unquote bad yeast, right? Like fresh. It's not going to cause candida to overgrow. In fact, it actually helps to reduce candida and to keep it at healthy levels. But it's also wonderful for aiding with leaky gut healing. And as you guys probably know by now, Leaky gut is super common with SIBO. It's a strong risk factor for developing autoimmune diseases. It causes chronic inflammation and is normally a root cause of histamine intolerance. I've linked to a couple of episodes on leaky gut in the show notes as well, if you want to learn more about that and its effects on endo. In my training with Dr. Seebecker, she also recommends Saccharomyces boulardii for abdominal pain and diarrhea, And it's been found in multiple studies to be effective for various types of diarrhoea. It also improves immune function by increasing the production of one of our essential antibodies called immunoglobulin A. IgA, for short, lines the intestines and other surfaces in the body that are sort of exposed to the air, like the nostrils and the lungs. And it's often low in patients with SIBO. And in fact, I see it low in a lot of my clients, but of course, most of them have SIBO, and I mine is very, very low too. And when it's low, we're more vulnerable to bad bacteria, parasites, viruses, etc., because IgA is normally one of our first line of defence against these baddies. Because Espiladi can improve the immune system and heal leaky gut. It can also have a very positive effect on reducing intestinal and full body inflammation, making it helpful for endo, which we know is an inflammatory disease. And actually what's really helpful here is that IgA binds to lipopolysaccharides, which have been, which are kind of the waste material from harmful bacteria um, and bacteria often found in SIBO, gram-negative bacteria which people with endo have high levels of. And they found lipopolysaccharides in the pelvic cavity of people with endometriosis and that lipopolysaccharides contribute to endometriosis growth. So IgA binds to LPS um, and helps to excrete them from the body rather than allowing them to get to other parts of the body through the bloodstream. So this could be really helpful for that as well. And if you want to learn more about lipopolysaccharides and endo, I've put a link to my episodes. I've talked about them a lot. I'm just trying to think which episode. It's probably the one on leaky gut, free strategies to heal leaky gut. I'll put that in the show notes. The dose actually varies depending on the brand. So either follow the brand instructions or if you have SIBO, you can follow some of the brand and dose recommendations in the show notes, which are from my training with Dr. Narala Jacobi. Again, as always, try Saccharomyces boulardii with caution and slowly build up to see how you respond, especially if you have SIBO. Number three is Lactobacillus rhamnosus, GG. And this is recommended in my SIBO practitioner's course with Dr. Alison Seebecker for diarrhoea, and has been shown to, help, to be helpful for various types of diarrhoea, from acute watery diarrhoea to travelers' diarrhoea and diarrhoea from antibiotic use. But it's also used in SIBO treatment by Dr. Jacoby because it's been shown in studies to aid with constipation, abdominal discomfort and leaky gut healing, and in general has been shown in research to be effective for IBS. I will quickly say though that from my understanding Um, From the research that I've looked at, it appears that the research for constipation is a little inconsistent as it's usually been performed in combination with another medication for constipation. So it hasn't been tried um, very often on its own. So there needs to be further investigation on that. And the leaky gut evidence is mainly based on animal studies at present. Whilst more research needs to be done on this area specifically, it has also been found to be helpful with histamine intolerance as it lowers histamine receptors and allergy receptors in cells. So in the simplest terms, allergens and histamines just can't lock onto the cells to cause a reaction. And then this calms down inflammation. Generally, the dose from my training with Dr. Nirala Jacobi for SIBO is one capsule twice a day. If you don't have SIBO you can just follow the label dose. So that's it. Please be sure to try one probiotic at a time and really give it at least a month at least or before trying to add in another. I hope this episode was useful to you and if you'd like to learn more about gut health with endo and you're interested in access accessing some support from me on your journey you can now sign up to the waiting list for my online course live and thrive with endo and if you're looking for free resources on gut health i would start with my articles and episodes that i've linked to in the show notes i would love to hear if you try any of these and how you respond to them please feel free to let me know on instagram i would really love to hear so that's it thank you so much for listening If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, You can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world